0: But where the origins of Solos and where it it kind of coordinates and goes along with the Epistles projects is that my wife and I, we started Solos in about 2012. And the, uh, the goal for this group was just to try to create some music that was theologically rich, that was unashamed in its tethering to scripture, and also to try to do it in a way that was musically and artistically excellent. And everybody has
1: a different definition of what that is. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Hymn Partial, the podcast where we talk all things church music, I'm Monet Funke
2: and I'm Cara Devereaux and today we're speaking to special guest Cody Curtis, the founder and director of the ensemble Salos. We will be speaking about their latest album on Philippians and the challenges of composing songs from scripture.
1: But first, if you are listening to us for the first time, or for some odd reason you have yet to join the impartial family, head over to himparshall.com where you can do several things. You can sign up for our free weekly newsletter. You can become a Kofi member and support us financially. It really does help. And if you're a big fan of what you hear today, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like and share this episode, or do all of the above. We are on a mission to encourage Christians everywhere to think, pray, and consider how we worship God through music. So go to himpartial.com and join the family today.
2: So we are so excited to have Cody Curtis from Salos on Monet Got Me Hooked on their albums. She's been trying to get me to listen to Romans for a long time, but actually I listened to Philippians recently and now I'm a huge yes. fan. And one of the things that I love that Cody talks about in the interview, but one of the things I love about what they do with their scripture albums is that they tell a story with the whole album Mm -hmm. and the idea is to give you this these songs that are are based on the scripture but also this wonderful sort of overarching understanding of of what's going on in the letter and what it's about
1: yeah it, it we were so thrilled to have him on as a guest like honestly you guys are just gonna You're going to be so excited to hear what he has to say because he's so encouraging. He's so humble. Like, you know, their albums are so good and I'll be the first one to totally push that on you. Um, You need to definitely go check them out or maybe even consider um, supporting them on their Patreon. Um, But one of the things I loved is why I love the band is it came through in the interview that Cody and the folks that, create this ensemble called Salos, they are really concerned about having um, excellent music along Mm. with theologically rich lyrics. It's not one or the other. Um, A lot of musicians, I think, kind of get caught in the trap of just wanting to have beautiful music and, you know, hey, God gave them that talent, no shade. Uh, but, But it really came out how much he wanted both of those things to be uncompromising yep. and um and so yeah I just really loved tearing his heart on that so let's just tell you a little bit about him Cody Curtis is a composer educator and performer who serves as assistant professor of music theory and composition at Union University in Jackson Tennessee Curtis's musical language is manifested most clearly in his involvement with the group he founded, directs, and composes for called Salos. They are an eclectic mixture of vocals, chamber ensemble, rock folk band, and electronics. Curtis writes music that teaches biblical theology cultivates worship, and infuses an artistic quality into the contemporary Christian music scene. His musical adaptations of Romans, Hebrews, Jude, and Philippians have been lauded for their creative pairing of biblical exegesis with complex and imaginative musical expressions. In addition to creating albums of congregational songs, his goal is to set all 21 New Testament epistles to music. Cody currently lives in Jackson with his wife, Melody, and their daughter, Elowen.
2: Cody, welcome to the show.
0: Wow, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
2: Yeah, we're really excited that you're here. We've been um, listening to your album on Philippians recently. It was Romans that Monet got into first, and she's been trying to get me to listen to it for ages, and I have, finally. And I also (laughs) love that one. Um, But today we're talking about Philippians. So, Tell us about the origin of Sallos and what inspired you in this mission to create musical albums from the New Testament epistles.
0: It wasn't something that I set out to do, like with a plan of let's set the New Testament epistles to music. Uh, Romans, which you referred to, we released that one in 2015, but I started writing it probably like in 2013, 2014, actually, no, it was 20, it was much earlier than that, um, maybe 2011 or so, but my wife and I, um, we were in a church in North Carolina, and mm-hmm. uh, this is while I was doing my master's degree, and I was, um, I was, we were just invested in this church, we were, I was a music minister, and one of the pastors was preaching through Romans at that point, and he found out that I was a composer, I was getting my degree in mm-hmm. composition, and he said... Yeah. Uh, we're coming up on the doxology in Romans 11. Could you write a song about it? And I said, sure, I'll, I'll give give it a, a shot. And I just kept putting it off. And then the Sunday came around where he needed a song for the doxology in Romans 11. Mm-hmm. So I just quickly churned out this song I'm not very proud of, but it was the old the depth song and oh. played it for the church. They were happy with it, but you never can read too much into church feedback about your own music. <laughs> but that was, that was the start of it. Um, yeah. was that one song there and, uh, so that's where that's where the epistles projects came about i was then kind of just casually was writing other songs uh on the book of romans as Mm -hmm. i was going but really with not a with not a plan to set that whole book to music because it's such a big thick dense letter Mm -hmm. how do you contain all that in one one album so um but where the origins of Solos and where it, it kind of coordinates and goes along with the Epistles projects is that my wife and I, we started Solos in about 2012. And the, uh, the goal for this group was just to try to create some music that was theologically rich, that mm-hmm. was unashamed and it's tethering to scripture. And also to try to do it in a way that was musically and artistically excellent. And everybody has mm-hmm. a different definition of what that is but i was uh, i was studying composition um in, in graduate school and uh, solos is it's really the intersection of a lot of different uh, paths for me so i i didn't grow up as a musician. i grew up as an athlete played soccer all of these things and uh um, really <laughs> I, yeah and so I mean, I, I love music as as a kid, and yeah. I listened to rock and roll. I was really shaped by Pink Floyd. Yeah, which I can't tell the concept albums that they would do with the Wall and Dark Side of the Moon. That's just um, before I was I just, I just, I love the telling of stories through music and the way that they do it. It's, I yeah. think, it's just so mm-hmm. clever.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and then I was, uh, then I got my. Undergraduate in, degree in composition, so I was studying classical music. And then after undergraduate, when, when we moved to North Carolina in 09 and my wife and I got married, um, I became uh, one of the pastors at the church that we were at. Mm-hmm. And so I got to do exegetical preaching and just teaching scripture yeah. and in a pastoral way. And so uh, all of these strands came together. And I think Solo's embodies a lot of that. It's it's. It's certainly, I'm I'm not afraid to use more popular folksy or uh, idioms like that, Mm -hmm. but also all my training in in composition from a classical point of view, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to to weave that in there. Um, And then also, it's just, you know, what we're doing is we're trying to teach scripture through music in in ways that hopefully it's engaging and it's accessible, but it's not... um, maybe it's not the most conventional way of doing it. That, and that's one of the other reasons why we started solo six We weren't, at least here in America, I don't know what it's like for where you guys are, but a lot of the music that comes out of the Christian contemporary scene, it's a little bit more on the formulaic side. There's, there's, mm-hmm. there's lots of great examples of good, high quality music out there mm-hmm. um, coming from the church, but yeah. we just wanted to add our voice to... Um, the collection and so yep. we yeah we started started solos with that. We our first album was called Slave Songs. It's not great, but it's it's, it's where we needed to start. It was just you know our attempt to... don't be if,
1: modest. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: it but it's 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 a first step for everybody. Mm. Um But then in 2014 is when I started. That's when I finished writing Romans. Uh, I found some musicians here at Union University where I work in Jackson, Tennessee, and I teach music here. And, uh, but so Romans was really our first major album and it was me bringing together other people, other voices, uh, instrumentalists mm. as well. And me just doing all the writing and being in the background. Cause when my wife and I started solos, so we were doing the performing, we were doing everything. Mm. And I think we, we realized from that experience that we like being in the background more
1: mm. as
0: opposed to being on, on the foreground. So then, yeah, um, I, I just, I had the idea at some point in there that, well, what if I did Take the entire book of Romans and set it to music, and it couldn't be word for word. Like the "Oh, the Depth" song was mm-hmm. verbatim, word mm-hmm. for word, with the the text there. And I was just like, I ran the numbers, like that's impossible. And so then it was, yeah, just thinking a way of how would I approach it? How do I summarize? How do I stay true to the text?
1: Yeah,
0: but I have to distance myself from the text a little bit. And so Romans was our really our first experiment into that world. Yeah, and um, yeah, it it was we're. It was it was a good uh good start for us with, with the epistles mm-hmm. and kind of figuring out how how we go about doing it. But that's yeah, that's that's where Solos gets its origins. That's cool. I love
2: it's it. A,
0: no. It's a pretty dense
2: book, sorry. It's a pretty dense book, so it's pretty brave of you to start yes. with that one and not one of the smaller or shorter yeah. ones.
0: And I think that's just it, it, it it substantiates the fact that we like if I had planned to do like as I have now, our goal is to do all 21 epistles. But if I had said, okay, we're gonna do that, I wouldn't have started with Romans. <laughs> I would have ramped into it something a little a <laughs> little bit easier. But that's how the Lord directed our steps. And I'm in retrospect, I'm thankful because Romans is like the gateway to the epistles. I mean, it's placed mm. first in the epistles mm. and I think the because we did that one, it kind of set us on a tra- trajectory to how to do the rest of them.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's definitely, uh, I, I, when I was asking if you would come on the show, I said, oh, you know, this is one of my most played albums. I wasn't just saying that. No, it's it is. true. Uh, I've, oh, I've played it a ton. And uh, it's interesting you were talking about your influences there because I hope you're not offended by this comparison. But um, it reminded me a lot of like some of the songs on there and throughout all of your albums have reminded me kind of of like the rock opera. Um, And there's a there's a album that I listened to a lot back in my more emo days um, called (laughs) called The Hazards of Love by the Decemberists. And I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it takes you on a whole journey. It's a whole story, the whole the whole album. And that's that's how I feel. Obviously, because the Book of Romans is, it's a letter. It's the whole, you know, its has a beginning, middle and end. So it's taking right. you on a journey. But I think like musically, you do a lot of similar things. And I think their influences are similar to what you were saying your influences yeah. were. So just a really, really good musical album. And your latest album on the letter to the Philippians is like, I mean, like you just keep building on that kind of, um Stealing from multiple genres, stealing is not the right word. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, can you just tell us a little bit about how you chose the genres for the certain passages? Because you've got like real folky songs, you got gospel songs, you got rap, like you've got the whole
0: mm-hmm. the
1: whole thing. What kind of helped you pick like this passage needs this sort of genre to really express it?
0: It it comes from out of just studying the text and um, and seeing it's, it's not just a matter of let's take these texts and set them just to generic music.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm trying to,
0: to reinforce the message in any any way I can to, to enrich our experience of understanding the message, which is say that, you know, just scripture alone isn't enough. It certainly is like Mm -hmm. we could just, we could just do a whole album of just the epistle and it'd be, it'd be great. But if, if I'm taking the time to set it to music, I think there's there's ways to do it where it creates depth and layers within the experience, and um, I can talk at length about all that. But the, the the stylistic element of as it's just so for Philippians, I'll just I'll give some examples, and if there's any songs you want to know about, I can I can comment on that. But so Philippians, I I thought about its heritage. So Paul started it at Act 16,
1: mm-hmm.
0: kind of inadvertently, he stumbled these women down um, in the, by, by the river in Philippi. And uh, I, I took that idea of it. Philippi is not a rural city per mm-hmm. se, but it kind of in this this area, which kind of gives, gives the tone of, uh, of more of a rural environment,
1: mm-hmm.
0: natural environment away from the city there. They weren't worshiping in the, the temple or anything like that. And so that gave me some directions of where to go musically. And that's why on the first track, it, off with, down in the river to pray this old mm-hmm. folk song mm-hmm. um, it, it has this vibe to it and then the next song is O Philippi and I wrote that in a style, kind of in a Memphis blues, I, I've born and raised in Memphis Tennessee and so blues is in, uh, to our city and uh, so that I, but Memphis is a city that we're, we're by the Mississippi River so it, it has this ri- river element kind of built into it so with, with that tied into and then it just as I, I, I go from song to song, it I didn't didn't make sense for me to do album in a folk blues bluegrass vibe. There's moments mm-hmm. where it needed to be like that, like on the humble uh, yourself like Jesus, that was intentional. Very a humble way of produced acoustic guitar, drums not really in the in the forefront there, and so a, a folksy country vibe made sense that for mm-hmm. that um, for uh, so uh, and then a made. You mentioned this one, but the rap song on the album mm-hmm. "I'm I Am Better Than You" we do our music before we don't do rap and hip hop at all. Yeah. Um, my my Thomas and Kelsey are fan. I think they could do it if I asked them to do it, but it's certainly not in their their wheelhouse. Like, f- but for that passage, if you, yeah. I mean, look at Philippians three. What Paul's doing there is he's kind of saying, you know, if, if anybody has a reason to boast in their Jewishness, mm-hmm. it's me because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews, tribe of Benjamin, all these things from the law, perfect. Pharisee of Pharisees. And just as I kind of sat with that, like, how would I want to convey that? It just brought to mind um, the, the amount of hip hop that I have listened to. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, and, I, and I'll, you know, some of it, much of it is can be egotistical. Oh, which yeah. is, You can say the same thing for a lot of other musical styles, but that's just part of its, its, uh, its, its background. Yeah. And so I thought, well, I, I, I think the message would come sh- even stronger if we mm. did it in that type of style. Uh, because I think, I think other people have that reference point about hip hop. Mm. Um, and then once I had thought about the idea, then I had to reach out to someone who could actually do it, which yeah. uh, gets us in the shylin and we can talk about him, him later on. But just the, the style itself, I thought it would enhance the message if we did it yeah. in that style. Um, and so, yeah, for all the songs, the style is, is very, very important. The form is, important to each song.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then streaming them together and giving it continuity is another challenge that kind of comes when you do such stylistic diversity. Mm-hmm. But that's something I, I try to be careful about. It, I, I enjoy doing a lot of different styles, if, if you can't tell, because all of our albums are like that. and mm-hmm. it, it comes from my background in rock yeah. and classical, and yeah. I've I played blues music, I've done music, I've done them all. And so just trying to use them all in service of scripture.
1: Wow, I love that because you know you you've you've obviously studied like orc- orchestral music and classical music, and you have this background. And in that music, you have kind of like these different movements. You have these kind of re- reoccurring themes, and you see those elements throughout your albums. Um, and I think like that comes out even though you're stretching over all these different genres and you're bringing in all these different influences and different singing qualities and stuff like that. So I think that's just, um, it just really shows like how God has obviously blessed you with this musical skill and for you to use that, not to, not to boast yourself up, you know, uh, talking about rap, which is a very boastful genre, uh, but to, Boast up Christ like I think that more Christians need to be using their gifts in that way so yeah right
0: yeah no, thank you
2: I also love that um it's like you mentioned with Pink Floyd and I was actually talking about this with someone at the weekend because they said I don't listen to much music anymore because I, I don't really know where to find music because we don't really have albums anymore It's a lot of just yeah. singles and yeah. we i I really yes. miss that you used to be able to get an album and then listen to it all the way through and it kind right. of like It progressed and it told a story, like The Wall or or Dark Side of the Moon. Um, So I really appreciate that about Philippians and Romans and the other albums that you've done. But you touched on this as well. The songs on your album are a mixture of scripture verbatim and also like a more dynamic dramatization of the text, which means you must spend a lot of time studying before you create them. So how do you go about interpreting the text into lyrics while still kind of striving to maintain that faithfulness to scripture?
0: It's difficult. There's, there would be, there's a comfort in doing it word for word and that I would do interpretation and everybody would agree with our songs. And then, you know, if you have a problem with I you have a problem with scripture.
1: Yeah.
0: The challenge in that, and as I mentioned before, these, these albums, these, these uh, books are just, they're just, I won't say too long because it could be done. And I'm sure someone has done it or will do it eventually. Mm -hmm. But for what we're trying to accomplish is just in single listen, because continuity, like the whole narrative of the epistle is important for us. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, it's tough to do that. Uh, And thinking about the Lord's prophet, like the reason that we did, the fact that we did Romans first, I think it it taught us a lot about our, our approach moving forward in that Romans for a lot of people and myself included is it's just an intimidating letter. It's just so much theology, especially the back half, like chapter nine, 10, 11. I mean, there's not not easy uh, to interpret all that. Um, But the feedback we got after we did Romans that people would say, well, thank you for helping me to understand how the whole letter fits together. And so ours were very much a big picture telling of the stories and even the reason each track flows seamlessly into the next one is mm-hmm. for that very purpose mm-hmm. to show how it all connects, you know, chapter Romans chapter one is connected to Romans chapter 11. And mm-hmm. it's the same principle that you have in, in church. Sometimes we take passages or verses out of context and you can do that with our albums and listen to just this track here or that part, but we're kind of like saying, no, 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 no. They all belong to the theme mm-hmm. that appears earlier in the album that appears here because they're kind of doing the same thing. And that's certainly very much true in, in our uh, setting of Hebrews. So with being what it is, it does require me to do more broad stroke of uh, with our lyrics and with the music. And so Romans being the first one, it was Um I, I wrote the, oh, the depth first. And then I think I wrote, I am not ashamed of the gospel. And then I am Paul. And I was, wasn't taking it very seriously. It was just, oh, it's fine. I'll just write this music. But that kind of set me up for taking a passage just like you would if you're preaching a sermon series. So if you mm-hmm. preach with the book of Romans, do it probably in like two weeks, it's going to take you somewhere closer to like 20 weeks or so like that. Just yeah. to, Or if you're John Piper, I think he spent like two years on it or something like that. Yeah. So it takes time depending on what the says. is, but I would just kind of block out. Okay. I want to do this passage here, these 10 verses or you know, sometimes two chapters and then do a song for each. And, that's, that's part of it is, is knowing how to divide it in a way that is is efficient in telling the story. Um, so for example, with Romans, um, you know, we have the first parts of chapter one, I think it's one through 15, where it's Paul's introduction. And then we we camped out a little bit on verse 16 and 17, because that's the thesis statement of the book is, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God to save all who believe. So that's important. That needed more emphasis. And that allowed me to really be close a word-for-word setting of it. Mm-hmm. But then after that, 118 through chapter three, verse two or so, that's about where Paul's saying that there's no one with an excuse, mm-hmm. all condemned, both Jew and Gentile. And so for that, it made sense to not, you know, to have four songs on our condemnation. I, I think that might, especially for younger believers or people who don't understand mm-hmm. the gospel, there's certainly a place to emphasize God's justice, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to add a fence to the gospel. So I mm-hmm. should do just one, one song that covered almost three chapters worth of, uh, of text. So and mm-hmm. also was a lot to say. So that's why that's in a bit more of a closer to a rap, like a, a presentation. Exists, there's a lot, a lot of things to say.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So that's, that's part of, part of my consideration. And then, but because I do it that way, then as you said, it, it requires me to summarize. And that's, that's tricky for me. Uh, and I want to, my, my heart is always to be to the text, Mm -hmm. but as soon as you start rendering something poetically and you have poetic license and artistic license Mm -hmm. and you, um, you know, you take, you take three chapters and you put it into a a, a minute song, then it it does require interpretation. So, but I, I've studied biblical exegesis. I'm not stradded or anything, but I I know, I know it's all about, it's about context, looking at the original Mm -hmm. language. What is it? doing exegesis and not eisegesis. It's not mm-hmm. me wanting to read text into it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so it, yeah, it's, it's it's months of studying. Um, it's months of study, truly really the, the overall structure of, of each book. I spend a lot of time reading introductions of commentaries before I really dig into what each verse and passage is about. Because mm-hmm. I want to know what are all the commentators, all the biblical scholars agreeing on is the form, the of if it's Romans, Jude, Hebrews, or Philippians. Mm-hmm. And then I want to fall form to some degree because I think there's just opportunity there from an artistic standpoint of you can both our understanding of Paul's structure by either following it or sometimes deviating it from a certain point. And then once I have a good grip on that, I know how um, I know want to each song. And then I had to zoom in and I had to do the careful exegesis of each passage mm-hmm. and then draw out certain things. And I, there's some verses, obviously, that I I have to ignore and I can't spend talking about um, this verse. Everybody loves it, but it's just maybe hmm. it's not the central part of the message, uh, at yeah. least as I'm, I'm trying to tell the whole story.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but some passages where I do slow down, like in Romans 9, for example, and that's it's it's a controversial chapter. I wish it weren't, because Paul has, <laughs> is not trying to be controversial, but he's trying to yeah. comfort the church with the with yeah. teaching of Romans 9. Mm-hmm. But I, I knew that about Romans 9, so that I think there's like three songs that cover that chapter, just so I'm, I'm able to hover a little bit closer to the text, yeah. so that, like I said, before, if if you do take issue with the song that I wrote, I mean, you are, you're having to deal with Paul.
1: Mm-hmm. No, you are not, not have yeah. to deal
0: me so much, even though my interpretation is always going to be shaping it. But it's, 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 it's a, it's a terrifying job to do. I mean, as a, <laughs> James says in James chapter three, verse one, that those who teach will be judged with greater strictness apply just to, um, to pastors and, and, you know, teachers within a church. I think it certainly applies to. Oh, yes. and so I, I take it very seriously because yeah. I'm teaching through music. I, I know that mm-hmm. I'm not just creating interesting songs for you to you know, tap your foot to and get good vibes with it's, it's meant to be edifying Mm-hmm. And to clarify scripture. So I want it to be as much Bible as possible and less of me as possible, even though, you know, my my sense of humor, my personality is certainly standard, but, you know, yeah. you're engaging with scripture.
2: I appreciate what you've done, but I don't envy you the job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I'm in that stage right now for our next album. And I'm just it's it's hard to move forward. Forward with, forward with conviction because there's just always this this you know this voice in the back of my head. Is that really what the mm-hmm. author's saying? And but it's also a privilege to do it. I, I just I love mm-hmm. teaching the Bible, I love teaching yeah. through music. And so mm-hmm. I think the Lord is served me and others in this place to, to be able to do it.
1: Amen. I mean, you just said so much there that I just I just wanna point out a, a few things that I, I think are worth highlighting. Definitely, definitely that teaching aspect is so central to what you guys are doing. Um, And like Cara said, I don't envy you. But really, it should be the center of any hymn writer or member of the church Mm -hmm. that's singing about Christ and about his church. Because we know, we know this to be true, that what we sing is going to be more foundational in terms of what we remember about Christ in a lot of ways um, than if we sat down and memorized all of Philippians, which is is possible. People do it all the time. You just yeah. sit there and you just memorize the whole book and it's it's stuck in your head. but it's something about marrying that to music that makes mm-hmm. it it kind of cements it into your memory and cements it into your and and it it happens all the time you're sitting there you're having a conversation and you're like what's that what's that verse and then the song of you know whoever yeah. whoever's written a song about it that's what pops into your head about it or some truth maybe if you're like listening to a solace album and you're like oh yeah cuz remember that song there is no condemnation and you just start singing it mm-hmm. right and like you remember that truth that's also Verbatim, but you know what I'm saying. Like there, yeah. that actually is so important. And I think maybe where we got into some trouble. We've talked about this before on the show. In contemporary Christian music, where we've gotten into some trouble is that we have excellent uh, music in terms of the composition, but the lyrics of the hymns and the songs that we're uh, singing are quite shallow, or even in some cases heretical (laughs) which obviously have to be careful um but yeah so so that's one thing and and I think you were saying um that you that you have this fidelity to the text you spend so much time reading commentaries and studying the text and that's so funny because my husband's actually the one who introduced me to your guys's albums and my husband for those of who know him. He is not musical at all. He was like, oh, have you heard this album? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll listen to it. Um, but it was really good. And he said, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy had a ton of degrees. <laughs> and it's like, that's that's what comes out of like, it's that it's very like, you know, there's a lot of fidelity to the scripture. You do have a lot of degrees, music degrees. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> did, did you well, also study officially somewhere for seminary. or I don't know. That's not required, but I just was wondering if that was the case.
0: Yeah, all, so all my degrees are in U. My undergrad is at uh, a place where I, I teach now called Union University, and I took I took several um, theology classes while I was mm-hmm. there. It was almost mm-hmm. my minor at one, but most of my training was just within healthy churches. It was mm-hmm. the church that was instead of the academy, which is,
1: you know, that's mm-hmm. how it
0: should be, that was training yeah. people in yeah. how to understand Scripture, so I went through pastoral. You were pastoral training, and so I got a lot of systematic theology, biblical theology, all of these things, and that was that was very helpful for me. But yeah, my degrees are in music, and what I'm trying to do with my music is, you know, I'm pulling together different traditions, different strands of, music, um, and trying to give something that's a little bit different, a little bit more fresh uh, than these maybe more tired um, idioms that is dominating. the DCM stream right now, I would
1: say. Yeah. Cara, you were going to say something. I was just going to
2: say Monet's husband's a pastor. So if he's like, ooh, you must have degrees, then
1: oh, yeah. it's kind of like, it's high praise. <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> no. Yeah. It, it is in our house, at least. Um, yeah. And I think one other thing that you said that uh, it's kind of been the theme of the whole interview, but uh, we've talked to a few guests about this in the past as well, is that, um, it is very difficult for those who are listening and you're like, okay, whatever, I'm just going to pick up my Bible and write some songs. It's very difficult to um, to stay true to the text and to want to glorify God in, in the lyrics that you're um, choosing and also to have beautiful music. And I think sometimes, often, a lot of times, especially in the Reformed tradition where where we are there is an emphasis on one and kind of a dismissal of the other is to say the emphasis is the text. The text is king, and obviously it's God's holy word. We we don't yeah. in any way diminish um, his word and the importance of being able to properly exegete it. Um, however, sometimes we go, but then the music could just be whatever old dusty tune we've been singing for 200 years or whatever. Um, and some of the dusty tunes are amazing, so no shade, but... It's just to say, to marry that with beautiful music, mm-hmm. it's a very difficult thing. And I, I would just wanna encourage those listening, if you haven't listened to Solace, go listen to it. But also if you're a musician yourself, like expressing um, the talents that God has given you in this way to, to to make excellent music that is wonderful to listen to and I think very glorifying to God. And also faithful to Scripture is—it's a high calling, but it, I think it's a worthy one for for those listening.
2: The end. <laughs> it's it's also really nice that we're coming back to that thing again of its pastors writing stuff yes. that's supposed to edify the church, and I think right. that's a good good thing to yeah. have.
0: And that's what we're trying to do. Our mission is to is to edify, and I think about our music as it's Christian worship. It's not. Mm-hmm congregational per se some of our mm-hmm. our music is church song be congregational and we we have an album coming out in a few months that's going to be more congregational mm. But presentational albums can also be worshipful and edifying mm-hmm. and we're just trying to do that type of concept album way of storytelling way yeah. uh, a bit more eclectic perhaps to you know to help us to lead us to spirit and truth worship to help us to think our feelings and the feelings of our thoughts and uh, as you all have alluded to, music is so powerful at doing that. You know, music just has a, like a direct route to our hearts, not mm. just to our minds. And so, yeah, the combining of, of objective text from scripture with subjective music is it's a, it's a bit squirrely uh, marriage there, but it's something that I, I just love. I'm so grateful that the Lord has given us songs mm. to write and communicate. But yeah. I, I mean, we want, we want our lyrics to be as excellent as possible scripture, but as you said, it just that's not enough for us. Mm-hmm. The, not that we're we're doing it. I'm not saying we've achieved it, but my goal is always to get the music excellence as as well, and to have mm-hmm. both. You know, it's just like with, with your your husband you know, as as a pastor. It's not enough to have his theology right. He wants to be able to communicate it in a way that is, is clear and it's going to result in edification for for the people in his church. And so, I think our conviction is that songwriter should be that as well
1: amen so we've talked about how difficult everything is everything's so hard but the lord has blessed you what has been (laughs) what out of all of the songs that you've produced it doesn't have to be necessarily on on the solos albums but um what has been like the most encouraging or challenging one for you to compose if they're different then tell us both if Mm. they're the same then I'm just curious yeah let's <laughs> see
0: um I can probably start with some more challenging ones um so I'll, I guess I'll start with with maybe Philippi the newest one um the I am better than you song uh tough one because it was a collaboration um yeah. I can tell the story later on about about how that came out. but that was a tricky one to figure out finding somebody and just I wrote all the lyrics first and then sh- through and he rewrote the lyrics because of course he's Shia Lin and um, <laughs> he was able to do that but I, I had to first mm-hmm. and that was hard to do because hip hop and rap is not my it's not my forte mm-hmm.
1: um,
0: hy- Hymnas Christu was tough mm. um, that's the one uh, on Philipp- Philippians chapter 2 so with with that passage that's the only time that I've done multiple songs for the same passage and the wow. reason why I did that is because that's, you know, that Christ him moment, as they, they call it. It's a very important thing for the church. We, we put a lot of stock in that because it, the gospel mm-hmm. is so clear through that. But the first song I heard that passage was the humble yourself like Jesus song because that captured the function of that passage. Because Paul's not, you know, Philippians isn't a primarily Christological book. You know, like, mm-hmm. like Colossians is, mm-hmm. he kind of falls into the Christology there for the, of giving the church at Philippi an example of faithfulness, of what it means to live as citizens of heaven, uh, not of earth. And so, you know, in, in that book, he's giving three examples Christ's first example, and then he gives Timothy and Epaphroditus as these twin examples of faithfulness, and then the third example is Paul himself. So the first song I wrote was just showing that, hey, Jesus is an example of humility, what he did. This is why we should seek to fulfill what Paul said in uh, 1 one about living our lives in light of the gospel. But when I wrote that song, I thought, oh, there's just so much more to that passage. You know, there's, there's the gospel. It's this emotionally yeah. Yeah. weighted song and it's glorious. And so I thought, well, I've got to write another song for that. And so um, I decided to write three songs for that. Humble Yourself Like Jesus, Hymnas Christu, and then uh, Anthem of Zion, which is the mm. part for Anthem of Rome. And those were hard songs to write too. But um, Hymnas Christu, to sound um, I'm, I'm not convinced that it actually was a pre-existing hymn that Paul is using. I don't know the answer but uh, mm-hmm. I thought well if it was a pre-existing hymn that Paul is bringing into his letter what would it sound like? And I have no mm-hmm. idea what it would sound like first century um, yeah. uh, with, with I don't know what the musical language was at that point but I wanted it to sound um, very religious and reverent mm-hmm. but archaic and so I I won't bore you with all the musical details, but uh, I use um which is a century technique to, that Arvo Parrot uses to to kind of capture the beauty, the purity of music. But it, it, that means creating a lot of limitations in how you write using only mm. scalar and arpeggio material from all that. That one was a tough one to get right. It was working with the Greek text because it's all sung only in Greek, and I'm not a Greek scholar. Mm-hmm. And so finding someone to. Did for me. One of our pastors in our church, he would read it so I could get the right emphases on the correct syllables Mm -hmm. to be true to the text. And that was, that was a hard one. Um, That was probably the last one I finished. Philippians Philippians was by far the most difficult look that we've set wow. to music I don't know why I
2: was but it, so impressed by that one musically and um with the lyrics I was like wow <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> I don't know how long that took you but it whoa! Took, it,
0: it took <laughs> a long time um and I'm I'm a slow rider mm-hmm. very, as you can tell very methodical very intentional with everything yeah which doesn't mean it's going to yield good results but it's just I'm, I'm trying to be very careful and
1: mm-hmm.
0: to do it and do it in the right way Oh, uh, so that was Hard. I feel like they're all hard. Uh, oh, another one was um, of life and death that Peterson mm. sang. Mm. That w- that was probably the most difficult one on Philippians for a But that passage there, this is in chapter one, where Paul is saying, he had just sung about how even though he's in prison, he's, he's joyful because he gets to share the gospel. And then it almost pivots a little bit where then Paul says, yes, I rejoice even in my sufferings. I want to say that it, it's better you know, cause he's kind of weighing like, will I, will I make it to the, to the Philippi? will will ever see them again. I hope so, but it's better for me to die mm. than it would be for me to live to, to live as Christ and die as gain. Mm. And getting the tone of that, just lyric first of all was mm-hmm. tough because you don't want it to come across as Paul is suicidal. He's not suicidal,
1: mm. but he
0: is saying that death would be better than this. Yeah. And so trying to walk that balance of, how do I communicate that lyrically? Paul's heart. What, and then the emotional uh, setting of it was just, it was tough to do. I wanted it to be a slower, more pensive tempo, but also joyful. And that's something we don't really, we don't comprehend very easily of seeing that death is a much better way because you get to be the Christ and mm-hmm. to be joyful and enduring and persevering in life. That was a, that was a tough formula uh, to, mm-hmm. to figure out. Um, so that one took a long time. Also, was writing for Andrew Peterson who's one of my heroes and so I thought well, he's a great songwriter how do I write a song for him um and there's there's many others I could talk about but those are so there's okay. those are more challenged most encouraging ones uh it, it, when I listen to the Philippians album now uh I'm I am better than you because mm-hmm. I appreciate Shy so much mm-hmm. uh, and I I, I had in writing it of course but I didn't wasn't the only one writing it and so mm-hmm. I can kind of like Take my composer hat a little bit off and put on my listener hat.
1: Yeah. And it's
0: just he's so good. And the message yeah. is great. It, the, the song turned out to be everything that I envisioned for it. This over-the-top egotistical song that mm-hmm. pivots and then the gospel just explodes on oh, us, yeah. as Paul says, I kind of all that is loss.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So those are those are some that come to mind.
1: That's wonderful. That that's really great. Um I, I have really enjoyed listening to the Philippians album the last few weeks and just so encouraged by the work that you're doing and, and the singers and, and the co-writers of of your yeah. solo albums. And so um, we're going to have you stick around for okay. a bonus question that only our subscribers will get to hear first and everyone else has to wait some unknown amount of time. <laughs> um, But... Before we go, where's the best place for people to find you and what you're up to?
0: It's on the main streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, all of those places. Uh, But if you visit our website, www.solos.com, and Solos is spelt strangely. It's spelled P-S-A-L-L-O-S, P-S-A-L-L-O-S.com. our website has tons of links. You can buy our albums there, either mm-hmm. in the physical form or on a digital format. And with the digital format, it usually comes with like a uh, lyric booklet or something, something like that.
1: Great. And we are suggesting that you definitely, definitely go check them out. Um, but thank you so much for your time. And yeah. until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye. You so Bye.
0: Bye.